Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. And we're back. I'm the mysterious Justin. And I'm the infamous Jay. And I'm the out of before my name's Emily. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs) And together we make Cryptids of the Corn podcast. Uh, We're coming back with you to guide you through a New England specialty. But before we get into that, yeah, it's New England. Don't look at me like that. Uh, before we get into that, uh, we just got back from Ohio Bigfoot Conference. Oh, great time. Uh, we had a ball. We, uh, Eric from Uncomfortable was right next to us with his son, Jake. We had so much fun with him. Uh, Robert from You Big Apes was there. We had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas from uh, Erie, Ohio was there. I'm trying to think. Do I need to mention anybody else? That's. We have some other people we met that we're going to keep under wraps for a bit. True. Yes, yes. For other things. But I think that's pretty much it of the three. For- we had so much fun with those guys. We hung out with Eric pretty much all weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was fun. Him and Jake were both. Oh, yeah. Had I had a, great I had a time. ball with both of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big Jake is his son, is what I started calling him, but because uh, he's about eight foot tall. Yeah. But uh, I gave him a lawn chair to sit in, and he almost rolled down a hill in an accident just because <laughs> the weird angle we were sitting on. That bonfire is built on a weird spot. Yeah, very. It needs yeah. to be like 20 feet over on the other side of the Yeah, path. it's around the edge of a hill. Like, but, not a stone not hill. A hill. Like a cliff, yeah. Like went straight down into the woods. Yeah, well, the, you got like a hundred meters of woods and then a lake covered by loose stone that just loose stone slide and right brambles. Down. Yeah, so it'd be like going through a barbed wire grinder. Mm, wonderful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, great experience. Great experience. Yeah. We did a little uh, recap on our Facebook. Yeah, Facebook Live. Uh, we do it every Tuesday at nine before we start recording episodes. We record episodes on Tuesday. They get released uh, Monday and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shoot for six o'clock or six a.m., but that's not always, you know, some some you know hiccups and stuff happen. Right, life happens. Uh, I will say we do have a Patreon. Woo! Uh, and there are more episodes on there now. We just added one, Ooh, or we're yeah. recording one right now. Well, we just recorded one. It's going to be added on there by the time this comes out. We did uh, two facts and a fake. Mm-hmm. It was a really good episode. Emily came in and added ones to that too. So now there was three. Sets of two facts and a fake. It was a good time. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wanted to say, too, we got our table or our vendor spot reserved next year for the... Yep, so we'll yep. be back to Ohio we'll Bigfoot. Yep. So Forever. all of our friends that we met there, we're going to see you again next year mm-hmm. if you will come back. But I think that's all of our front of the house stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Anything I, else? Um, Before I start getting into this? No, I think we're good. I think we're ready to dive into this today's episode. Deep dive into a cave. Oh. Ooh, yes. Yes, possible connection again to the Mammoth Cave System, our most popular episode. Just throwback. By a ton. By a ton? Yeah, well, it's almost 100 oh, higher wow. than the rest of them. 100. 100. 100. I'm talking like I'm in Boston. Yeah. Oh, Boston, yeah. Mass. Is that how they do it? I don't know. I've never <laughs> been to Boston. My adopted sister lives there. Oh, cool. I thought she lived in Jersey. 
Oh, she does live in Jersey. She did live in Boston. It's pretty much all the same stuff over there. They're all 12 miles apart from each other. Yeah, as they all hate me for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Before we get demonetized, but before we get kicked off, or probably, I don't know. All right, so we're going to talk about the Dover Demon. Mm. And it's come up a lot in this podcast, and it's finally time for his own episode. Yes. Um, Right off the bat, before I read this, everything about the Dover Demon, Emily, do you think you could beat one in a fight? Before I tell you how big and everything they are, I think I blend in with them, so mm-hmm. no, I think they'll demons. just what? take me in as one of their. You own. might win a fight because you could like be amongst them and gather their trust and stuff, and, and then, then and then beat attack the crap out of them. Yeah, what do you think Jay, like could a chokehold. I think I could do a missile drop kick one and mm-hmm. take it out. Yeah, I think if you even kind of push some wind towards them, they die. Like, These things are very light. I will get into it. We'll get into it. I'm known for pushing wind. All right, so we're going to talk about the town first, uh, just so everybody kind of gets an idea where this is in the world. Okay. Uh, Dover is a town in Nor- eh, Norfolk County, Massachusetts, uh, United States. Uh, the population is 5,923, so it's about the same as Ada with the college. Oh, nice. Uh, Our hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a medium income. So this is what I found weird. What do you think the medium income is? For that area? Mm-hmm, for Dover. Little town. Um, let's go East Coast, sixty thousand. Though Dover is one of the wealthiest can or one, one oh, of the wealthiest wow. towns in Massachusetts. Okay. The average income is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Decent, very decent. If I made two hundred fifty thousand dollars a day or a, a year or yeah. whatever, or in two years or three years, yeah, I would be living very good. Oh, this podcast would have a lot more upgrades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This would be a, we'd be in a, like a, like a radio tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd have an episode come out every day. If you guys want that, you know, you can just donate and uh, to where we're earning $250,000, you know, a year doing this. Well, the quality will go way, way up. So Emily's going to peace out. She's got to go to work. She just wanted to say hi for the beginning of the episode. Bye, Em. Bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> you go on. Be gone. All right. Uh, so, Dove, or Dover, sorry, is located about 15 miles southwest of Boston, downtown Boston. So, it's very close to a huge hub. But not to say there's no wildland there, which mm. we'll get into. Uh, it's basically just a, yeah, it's uh, right on a river, the Charles River. I'm just going through. I think that's Bison. pretty much. There's tons of little towns in that area. And this kind of seems to be where all the more wealthy people in Mass live and mm-hmm. then commute to Boston. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I was and I was just in that area two weeks ago um, as we're recording this, and yeah, there's a you'll go through some little pockets of definitely wealthy uh, houses and stuff, and it's pretty nice. I was nice. surprised to find that out about Dover in it's, specific. Yeah, that it's such a. A high-end community. One of the wealthy. It is the wealthy, or one of the wealthiest towns in all Massachusetts. That's awesome. So our comparison would probably be Delaware, Ohio. Yeah. Hmm. Dover. What a connection, Dover, Delaware. Mm-hmm. The Delaware demon. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll make it up. Oh, future episode. Mm-hmm. Um. So ready to get into the story? Oh, I'm ready. Meat and I got potato a couple time. little pic, a little with pictures. Um, so over the course of two days in April of 1977, four teenagers in the uh, idyllic town of Dover, Massachusetts, witnessed a horrifying alien-like creature 
but before they could find an explanation, the Dover demon had disappeared. Ooh. So this is a hot and heavy story, like happened really fast and then stopped. Okay. Uh, so we'll start. Sorry, just turning the page. Uh, just 20 miles south or southwest of Boston, Mass, lies uh, the picturesque little hamlet of Dover. It's written very poetic. But hiding amongst the back roads is a true demon. Uh, the unpleasant little creature, to say the least, had a big watermelon-shaped head or kind of pear-shaped, upside-down pear-shaped head. Okay. Two giant eyes, no mouth, no ears, super long, strenuous arms and legs, really thin, and uh, had four fingers and four toes, I believe. So he's, how long is super long? I mean, like, just long for... Uh, proportionally to the body. To, to its body, okay. It's, I think it's only four feet tall. Okay. It's not... This is not a big creature. Okay. But just like a... Almost like a monkey is what I imagine from the pictures. Size-wise. Yeah, like... Or the arm to body ratio. Oh, okay, okay. Like... Understood. Just really, really long arms. Not like uh, not like a superhero or nothing like that can stretch, but... Right, you know, Fantastic just, Four type stuff. But yeah, within a few hours, uh, four different teenagers I claimed to see the horrifying creature. All accounts describe the same creature, with large glowing eyes on an otherwise like blank face. There's just nothing to the face besides hmm. these eyes. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna get into the first sightings over demon. So over a span of two nights, nineteen seventy-seven, uh, 77, several teenagers reported seeing a very similar creature. But yeah, so we're gonna talk about William Barlett, a seventeen-year-old was the first person to see the Dover Demon, as he and two friends, Mike Mazakoa and Andy Bardi, or Brody, yeah, Brody, drove along their local farm street just past 10 p.m. Barlett witnessed the creature standing on a wall, its eyes glowing in the headlights. It was not a dog or a cat. It had no tail, and it was an egg-shaped head. Mm. Uh, the Dover Demon, as a creature, soon became known. Uh, appeared more human than animal. Barlett said that it remain, uh, remind him of a child with a distended stomach, so a little pot belly. Oh, yep, yep. But they he- had a head with no mouth, ears, or nose. Hmm. Um. It kind of is giving me vibes of almost a gray. I do a get bit. that. Yeah. And other people make that connection too. It has very, very uh, gray alien connection, like feelings and stuff like that. Except, except maybe the pot belly version, but I can easily I can, picture. I, I think I've heard that with some of the gray encounters. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not just thin little creatures with big heads mm-hmm. and big eyes. But yeah, so two hours after Barlett's sighting, uh, a 15-year-old John Bexter uh, walked his girlfriend home near a heavily wooded area. He said he got within 15 feet of the creature that looked remarkably like the one Barlett saw. Hmm. So keep in mind when he said like the Barlett saw, he didn't know about Barlett saw one until after. Until, okay. Uh, I want to make that clear because that's kind of one of the misconceptions I hear with this story sometimes. These kids didn't know, or, these kids did know each other, but not really well. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, Baxter said a black and white, or made a black and white drawing of the Dover demon. He sketched this creature with a or with large eyes and like just tiny, like thin hands. He saw the thing standing next to a tree. So that's the other big... I mean, look how oh, similar okay. the drawings are. Yeah, yeah, so For supposedly people that had no contact with each other about this creature beforehand. It does look like 
alien description or something, you know, that you might see in like a sci-fi movie or something. Mm-hmm, but that's the same creature from the other drawing. Right, yeah. I mean, oh, there's yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. It's even the fingers and stuff, how they describe him. Yeah. But yeah. So on the next night, on April 22nd, around midnight, a 15-year-old girl named Abby Bardem saw the Dover Demon. It was uh, standing upright next to a tree. She said, much like the the sighting the night before, um, wait, yeah, she said, so it was really similar to the sighting before. Mm-hmm. Uh, locations of the sighting were plotted, and they laid in a straight line over two miles. All the sightings were made near the uh, near water. Uh, Barlett remi- er, remains shaken and haunted by the sighting even years later. In a lot of ways, it, it's kind of embarrassing to me, it says Barlett. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw something. I, it was definitely weird. I didn't make it up. Sometimes I wish I had. Um, so, yeah. So, that's kind of... I kind of went through it fast, but that's the sightings. Okay. So, we have this... Like, these Was it three three groups of teenagers? Yeah. Uh, all see it separately. They plot the points, and it's like a straight line across all near the river. All the points? Oh, mm-hmm. that they plotted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of significant, or very coincidental, or at least that they're following that I have river. a theory with it. Okay. I don't think, well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was following the river. I don't think it crossed the river. Mm, okay. So I don't think he had a choice, but he didn't want to go into town. Yeah. So he just. So he had a, he had one option. That way. Yeah. That direction. Yeah. He was being funneled. And not purposely, just. Naturally, basically. Couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we have some possible explanations for the sightings. Or do you have any more comments about that? Um. About the sightings? Mm-hmm. I mean, it. So between the between the sightings, yeah, the descriptions pretty near identical. Oh, they they're the same. Um, right, exactly. So it le- lends credibility to you know what they're seeing and stuff like that. Even two people seeing it standing the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it was never seen well, up, upright walking. It was the, just how the only time hanging. it was standing is when it was holding onto the trees. Hmm. Like it was too weak to stand, maybe, but on its Something own. Something like that, or his body wasn't built for that. Like bears, you know, they can kind of stand, but you know, you see them their paws on the trees and stuff like that. Or maybe it was like defense tactic like it's hanging on this tree when someone's approaching make it look bigger make it look bigger maybe it was going to escape up the tree or just that was its defense mech keeping the tree between you good, and it yeah. you, know, you never know yeah i don't it's, know animal behaviors as well is, as you do i can see that yeah i can see that being a, a factor especially something built like this it's it knows it's not gonna beat you in a fight so it's got to do right. everything to something you could easily punch in scary. the dust i think i really think if the wind picked up this thing would have died <laughs> If it rained a little hard, yeah. Well, and that, I think you mentioned that this weekend when we were at Salt Fork uh, on the side of that hill. If the wind picked up or something just knocked you down that hill, you're done. You're over. Oh yeah. I don't think this thing needs a hill. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so independently, all three witnesses of the Dover Demon had the same eerily similar story. In all accounts, there was something that was kind of human, but not quite. Kind of animal, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemed to be just uncannily the Dover Demon. Uh, some talked the strange creature up to inebriation, saying the kids were drunk or high or something like that. But with that, if they were drunk or high... And you're still seeing the same why thing? Why did they all see the same exact creature? Right, yeah. Not kind of the same creature. Mm-hmm. Two of the drawings are the same. Right. Like, they were the same, doing the same thing. It's like, yeah... You don't really see that too much with two drunk guys get together and they. Uh, start... Oh, not I mean together is one thing. Well, uh, true, two drunk. Because they can collab a story. You can make a 
Correct. Maybe when two drunk guys two separately separate drunk guys come together, on separate nights, telling the same thing. Yeah, that's different. Very. Uh, so alternatively, the creature could have been a foal or baby moose. Mistaken. So I get. I seen that get thrown around a lot. Hmm. That there are moose. That there were moose common in the area. I don't think there's moose there anymore. But they have these weird little hind legs and stuff like that. These big odd heads that are kind of that shape. Yeah. And so some people think it was a, a baby, a moose calf. That was just maybe lost. Yeah, just run like, and that's what they look. They look super weird. Okay. So that is, as far as what I call the the sandhill crane explanations, is what uh, baby. But that's not that's not a bad one. Baby meese. Yeah, because you hear like the sandhill crane used for some of the like Mothman. Yeah. And it's like that's not the same thing. This I get where they're coming from, and they kind of walk funny and they walk kind of weak. Mm-hmm. So if mom calfed and. Baby got separated really early, you know. Well, it's a nice natural uh, explanation. And, and then that's why they didn't see it after two days. Uh, it's probably dead. Mm-hmm. Starved to death. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But it would be very odd for it to put its legs in the tree and then climb on top of walls if it was having that much trouble walking around. Yeah, that would be weird. Seen. Yeah. So that's another point out to why it may not be a baby moose. Right, yeah. But I did, I did like that... You know, as far as natural explanations, that that's one of the few that actually makes sense. Right, if it's or could make some could make sense. Right, yeah, could. Uh, when you, but like I said, the sandhill crane stuff, you know, you hear, just makes no sense when you're talking about some of these creatures. You're just throwing a label on it just to mm-hmm. do it, basically. Yeah. Uh, Barlett also denies that the creature could have been an animal of any kind. It definitely wasn't a fox. It definitely wasn't a. Uh, the creature had a long, thin fingers. Uh, it's definitely more human-like it's than its form than animal. I always tried to guess what it was. I have never had an idea. I wasn't trying to be funny. People who know me know I don't make things up. And that's goes on a lot with not just this story in particular, cryptids in general. Mm-hmm. People have experiences where there's these weird things that are out there and you get made fun of or you just don't want to talk about it because you don't <laughs> want to face the ridicule of you might be crazy, but... It happens a lot. Yeah. So any comments about what we talked about so far? I know we're kind of buzzing through this. No, no. Uh, the back end of this has a lot. Okay. The more chunky part. Yeah. With me talking. Because <laughs> we're going to connect some... We're gonna pull out, We're going to pull out some twine for oh. our cork board. All right. I'm ready for this then. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about Lauren Coleman. He weighs in on this. Okay. Uh the modern father of cryptozoology, uh, he's not the father of cryptozoology, that is, oh my gosh, now I'm going to blank on his name in, on a podcast, uh, Ivan T. Sanders. Oh, good Sanders call, Sanders. good save. Ivan, Ivan T. Yeah, he's the father of cryptozoology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to do an episode just on him. Okay. His life was insane. Oh, I'd like to do Army that. from everything. Yeah. He was a crazy man. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. I don't know how reliable some of his cryptozoology was that's okay but he was insane mm-hmm. he just like anyways uh but lauren coleman one of the noted cryptozoologists of modern day uh runs the uh international cryptological museum in maine portland maine i believe oh cool we looked it up the other day uh thinks all three sightings were credible uh he spoke to the teens within a, a week of the reporting sightings so he was right there when it was happening uh, we have a credible case over 25 hours by individuals who saw something. Coleman believes the Dover demon doesn't match any uh, inexplicable sighting reports before, 
such as those of the Chupacabras, Sasquatch, Roswell aliens, or the bat-eared goblins of Hobsonville. So in his opinion, it doesn't really match any of the other cryptids yeah. in any way, shape, or form. It's its own entity. Yep. Um, Coleman, or, sorry, str- uh, Stranger still, weird sightings like this isn't out of the ordinary in Dover. The area of Massachusetts has had its fair share of weirdness through the centuries. Other strange sightings in Dover, uh, Coleman noted, that in the area in which the Dover demon was sighted, already had a history of unexplained activity. And this is a Coleman quote, I believe. In the same area, you've had uh, three major legends going on, including the sighting of the devil on the horseback in the 1600s, stories of buried treasure, and then the Dover demon. I think it's certain to say something, Coleman continues. It's almost as if there's a certain area that collects sightings, almost in a magnetic way. Hmm. So that is going to connect to a future episode. Absolutely. Um, and he believes Dover could be one of these places mm. that just pull stuff in. And then we're going to skip ahead. Then in 1972, just five years before the Dover Demon sightings, Mark Senat swore he saw a creature in the woods, something with glowing eyes that turned up or that turned up in his car's headlights, too. Uh, he says... We saw a small figure deep in the woods moving at the edge of the pond. We could see it moving in the headlights. We didn't know, is all he said. Mm. But whatever in reality is behind the uh, barrage of odd occurrences in, uh, uh, with the Dover Demon has since sparked a cultural phenomenon. There's a video game and figurines of the alien-like creature from as far away as Japan. And it was just in the new the Fallout West Virginia one. Oh, really? has a Dover Demon in it. Good uh, the Dover Demon uh, certainly makes a good campfire tale. But yeah, that's pretty much it. So, the Dover Demon... So what do you have to say about Lauren Coleman and his thoughts? Um, Well, just Lauren Coleman, Lauren Coleman himself, he's got a pretty good reputation, you know, with all this stuff. So his, his opinion's kind of a significant, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh I think he's pretty much dead on. It doesn't match these other things, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. something's there. That, keep in mind, this is an older article we're kind of basing this stuff off of. Mm-hmm. There is a newer phenomena that could be a grown-up Dover demon. Oh, something happening modern? Mm-hmm. Actually, it's happened six times in Ohio in five years already. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you enlighten us no. soon. Here, just keep that in your back pocket. Yep, we're never going to do an episode on okay, it. Okay, we never, that's the last you ever hear of it. Mm-hmm. Remind me later, we'll bring it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, like I said, I, I promised to bring this full circle with some twine. The caves in the area. Bum, bum, bum. There's a lot of caves. There's tons of caves. Massachusetts and, is nothing but caves. Really? The, the whole underneath of it, after I start digging into it, mm-hmm. there's just caves everywhere. And they're not really sure what connects to what. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Dover Demon, specifically the caves underneath Dover, may connect to Mammoth Cave System. Okay. They may not. We're not really sure... Uh, they could just be a whole lot of unconnected limestone tunnels. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they really don't know. Nobody. It's it's really hard to research caves. Uh, basically, one of the big things they do is die. Yeah. And they die of the water. Yeah. And then see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But oh oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. No. I thought you meant for a reason why they're mostly unexplored because oh, people yeah, who do die. them die and then yeah. they have no dead men tell no tales. Yeah, that's the other reason. Yeah, okay. You just die. But So they drop die into the water. Okay, and what's then, that? If they think two caves are connected. Yeah. 
you put a certain uh, tracer die that's uh, UV or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just kind of have somebody sitting there and watch. And see if it pops up somewhere yeah, else. But the thing is, you don't know how... So that river that runs in between the caves could be a straight line, mm-hmm. and you can figure it out real easy. Or it could go 400 miles out of the way and then go there. And then there. come back, yeah. Even though it's 50 miles apart. So it's not always the best so way So you to... could be sitting there forever. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, they did it with... Uh, actually, Ohio Caverns did it with uh, messages in a bottle. Oh, cool. And I can't remember what cave found it. They found it like 150 miles away. Cool. And they didn't know these caves are connected. Yeah, yeah. And that leads it to being probably a part of the Mammoth Cave system. Well, that's a good idea to do that. I mean, best it probably but better somebody's got to find it. A- absolutely, absolutely. But if they don't, I mean, no one's going to be there anyways. Caves in the correct? U.S. are still... Very uncharted. Yeah, the Mammoth Cave system is, as of now, the biggest cave system in the world. And... It has caves on it and mm-hmm. on top of it that mm-hmm. aren't connected. And it has caves three, four hundred miles away that are connected. Yeah. So it's still a mystery to us. Like uh, the one, the oh, I, I wish Emily was in here. The one cave we did when we were in Townston, Tennessee, is not connected to the Mammoth Cave System. Oh, wow. It sits on top of it. Right, yeah. Oh, so it's above, a cave above the cave yeah. system. It's a lot newer cave. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, they don't connect. They, they search and search and search. And they found that, like all like the cave's pretty mapped, and the river that flows to that runs into the actual Little Pigeon River. Yeah. So they know where it exits, they know where it starts, mm-hmm. and so it's like a little not it's a giant cave system. Don't get me wrong, but when you're sitting on top of the largest cave system in the world, it's so small. Small, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was up in the Massachusetts area, like I said, and the terrain is very rock, very rocky. Mm-hmm. It just every everything's rocky. Um, you know, trees obviously everywhere, but. Rocks are just jutting out of the ground every – you can't get away from it, that whole area, even until you get, like, closer to the city of Boston, which I didn't really do too much. I stayed outside of it, but everywhere outside of it, there's national parks everywhere and just rocks everywhere and stone walls. Everything's made of stone. Mm-hmm. It's old, it's old, so, yeah. old. So I got a list of caves and wildlife areas we're going to go through. Okay. And this uh, – some of the – like, Dover has tons of wildlife areas all around it. Mm-hmm. Like just, reserves? Yep. Yep, that, yep, and that whole area, like, yeah. And so you hear Boston, you know, 15 miles away from Boston, you don't think of, there's a lot of wilderness oh, right there. And I can avouch for that, a lot. Uh, so, Purgatory Chasm, state uh, state reservation, you can actually hike and stuff like this, is a cave and chasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural Bridge State Park, it has a couple of caves on the property, but it has a big natural stone bridge. Oh, cool. Um. And that was naturally occurring. It occurred in a rock slide some X years ago. Hmm. It actually formed a stable bridge. Oh, wow. <clears throat> That's what they say. Uh, Beechler's Cave. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a couple in Ohio like that. You Convenient. can see it. it. It doesn't look built. You never know. It looks like a pile of rocks that just happened not to let. Na- nature, Mother Nature builds in mysterious ways. Yeah. Just drop a bunch of rocks in the river. And, and it break. works. Yep. Uh, Beechler's Cave. But it's a it's a large cave with a really narrow opening that uh, the opening was hidden behind a tree. Wow! And they didn't just uh, there was actually a counterfeit a counterfeit printing operation inside the cave in 1765. Wow! Yeah. So there's that's cool. They got scared off by uh, like a little weird creature that came out of the bottom of the cave. Oh really? No. Oh, was it Dover? So is, this, is this the Dover Demon yeah. connection? Yeah. The origin story? King Philip's cave. But yeah, just a big cave. Uh, 
30 miles south of Boston, so right near where we're going from. Hmm. About 15 miles from Dover. That yeah. Was. Yeah. King Philip's Cave. I I can't remember. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this. Uh, when I was there throughout all the woods and stuff, there had these little stone walls about mm-hmm. two, three feet tall, but everywhere. Every, when I say they're everywhere, every single woods, there's these stone walls running in them in all sorts of directions. They're all connected, but I was told, I think it was King Philip's or it was King, one of the kings that were called like King... Maybe it was King Philip's. I don't There's know. There's only 35 King Philip's. I know. So that's where I can't. King Philip or King George. Just pick one of those. Maybe, I actually, I think you're right. It was King George. They're yeah. called like King George's Walls, and he used those to survey land, supposedly. That was the given story. But, yeah, I don't know. Just wanted to throw out a little tidbit out there. Hmm? It's strange land. This is a strange area if you really get out into oh, yeah, the nature no, part of it. It's old, too. Very old, like, which is why it's strange. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyways, before we get into my nature talk about this yes and then more cryptids that may be related what do you think about the whole story we'll do that before we get into the next part uh nothing bad ever happened from any of this stuff right Mm-mm. it's funny they called it a the demon. kids got really made fun of yeah uh, the cops called the kids liars mm-hmm. uh i the kids had a really rough time with it a mm-hmm. lot of the kids wish they never spoke about it yeah oh yeah the creature never did anything bad right never hurt nobody so why is it like just the acknowledgement of something that isn't naturally supposed to be there that's just that wasn't in our school books or what we were taught whenever you bring those things up you're every account well, you're ridiculed and made fun keep of keep mind or, what is this the 70s yeah yeah much much different time. it's a lot more accepted now uh not sort as, of i mean compared to the 60s and the 70s maybe so yeah i you mean you literally get ran out of town if you said you've seen a bigfoot right yeah which now, is now we talk about it at the bar yeah definitely it's a lot different mm-hmm but if you're, it's not. It's it depends not on best. what side of the fence you're on. Still, if you're not, if you don't believe, you're, you're the ridic, you know, the ridicule you make fun mm-hmm. of. If you do believe, you're accepting and you're, you're all for it. You're, you're willing to talk about it, no problem. We're a much more, much more of a seeing as believing nation, and we always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but yeah. So there's, you never did anything wrong. Straight line, seen three different times by multiple different kids. Yeah. Doesn't sound too menacing or anything for a demon. Yeah, what do you? Yeah, Other I don't than get just, the I don't get the demon name. And I they guess, don't explain it. I think the kids just kind of. I think the community them. coined it. Just not the kids and alliteration always sounds great. Mm-hmm. Dover, you can't call it a Dover. Uh, uh, what's a good D word? A Dover diaper boy. The Dover dog. Yeah, the Dover dog. I've seen that a couple times pop up. People's like, it's not a dog. Like, you told me that. I never thought it was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess everybody kept telling the kids they seen a dog. Yeah. Huh. I'd be like, okay. Maybe a Dover salamander, I would believe, at some some sort it of It would way. look a lot more like a salamander than a dog. Right, exactly, it yeah. It looks nothing like a salamander. Right, I know. Right. Huh. Hairless, and it was kind of like a, I think one of the, like, had a pale white yellow skin. Yeah. Which, okay. So, you good? Yeah. I, I think I'm there with you. I think, never did anything bad. I think it... It's really credible that the the kids all had the same setting. It didn't really, as far as uh, I watched a show on it one time, and the kids didn't really know each other, but they went all to the same school, but they didn't like hang out. And they were, right. Like, There's a good age difference, fifteen to seventeen, so that's grades apart, you know. Right. Yeah, and depending on the size of your school, you yeah. wouldn't possibly even know each other personally yeah. at all. So it's like for three different groups of kids that come up with the same story, the exact same. You know, it's. It's a little weird. The creature didn't do anything bad. It wasn't like a manhunt for this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the straight line thing. So remind me about that later. But we're going to talk about cave life adaptations. Oh, okay. 
So why I brought up caves and the connection to the mammoth cave system is this creature seems to have a lot of uh, highly adaptations for at least mostly living in caves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the eyes are kind of what give you off of it, not fully living in caves. Right. So giant eyes. So creatures go one of two ways when they get into caves. And it depends on what kind of cave system they're living in. It matters if they're living in a complete darkness cave or uh, edge of cave, you know, where they have to use their eyes at some point. They develop either no eyes and hyper other organism or organ systems like ears, smell, stuff like that, feelers, touch, yeah, sensory, uh, yep. mm. uh, or they go the exact opposite way, gigantic eyes and nothing else, yeah. And if you notice, no ears, mm-hmm. no mouth, no nose, no hair. Oh, there was no mouth description on the Dover Demon. They never seen its mouth. It probably mm. did have a mouth. Yeah, uh, just probably uh, some. Like we you even said, some salamanders, some frogs, and some other animals look like they don't have a mouth. Yeah. And they can have quite a large mouth. They just, you just the can't way st- their skull system is designed, they right. just, it's not evident. Like a, Blends some animals in a little have bit more. their mouth underneath their head. Right. So it's like, even when you're, you're looking dead on them, they don't look like they have a mouth. Yeah. Because their jaw system is below. Um, very thin animals. Like we talk about olms, look like starving salamanders. Olms, the, the Russian cave salamander. Yeah. And they look like they're skin and bones mm-hmm. because they are. <laughs> uh, they're just so thin and lanky, long fingers. And the long fingers and the long arms is good for climbing around caves and stuff like that. Because mm. you got to remember, humans kind of have the idea that caves are like us. Like we go into caves as the paths. Yeah. No, 99% of caves are just, there's nothing There's nothing down there. It's a mm-hmm. hole. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to climb on the walls and maybe the ceiling and stuff like that. So this thing is really like a frog. When you look at it, like a tree frog or something like that. It's a big tree frog. I was going to say almost like kind of frogman descriptions in ways. It does it does kind of and it does doesn't or mm-hmm. does not have some. This thing has perfectly smooth skin. The frog be able to have rough, oh, really rough right. dry okay. skin. Maybe just the shape not, in general. Yeah. Is, I see what you're saying. Very frog like. Frogman was bumpy or was chunky. Mm. He had some thickness to him. Yeah, but he was probably just not a cave organism. He's probably a river guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But this, you know, this thing very much has a lot of what we see for cave organism adaptation, but not full cave organism adaptation. This seems to be a creature that would, if it was just looking at it purely from, let's say we went to another planet, and we just beamed this creature up, and we had to guess what it was and mm-hmm. stuff. It would seem either extremely nocturnal or a partial cave organism that may come out to get food forage around the opening and stuff like yeah. that. Almost, yeah, so nocturnal and cave cave creature yeah mostly cave based but coming out to get food and stuff like that and we see that a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of cave bats for example bats are probably your biggest one uh they have you know well yeah they have fine eyes the the bats aren't blind that's kind of the misconception you know blind as a bat they have fine eyes they just don't use them yeah as like their main mode of uh observing the world around them sound they just but their system not all bats some bats like flying foxes which are bats Mm mm-hmm their ears are normal. They use their eyes because they're fruit eaters. Oh, okay. So they they don't, don't need to look mm-hmm. for the little bugs flying around mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but yeah. So this creature seems to have a lot of stuff that fits into that category. So the whole theory is that it was out of its cave system. And this is a creature that could easily probably be taken out by a coyote. Yeah. Uh, it got out of its cave system foraging. And this is my theory. got separated from the cave opening that normally would use by something like 
a coyote or maybe even a person. Mm-hmm. So it just started walking a straight line. It was trapped between the river and the town. It did not want to go in where all those lights are. It couldn't see. Mm-hmm. I cave orders in with giant eyes. Not you know, good. Yeah, be blinded. Any, any lights would just be horrible. Yeah. It can't swim, most likely, because the way its body is shaped. So it's got to just, it just walked a straight line until maybe it found another opening to another cave. Or may have known where it could smell the other openings. Right, the cave yeah. Or, you know, kind of had an idea where the other opening in the cave was. It knew it was this way. Just mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. And that's kind of my thoughts with it. I, so what do you think with the cave organism adaptation? Um, I, well, and the pale skin, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another one. That can add to cave. Very, no pigment. Yeah. It's just kind of that white yellow, mm-hmm. which is just kind of how most skin is. Aren't there, and I'm going to, you all know this, aren't there fish like that, that live mm-hmm. in caves that are p- that pale? Almost all true cave organisms mm-hmm. are white. Okay. That's and, right. Or white or a translucent kind of milky because it's just, they don't pigment. They don't need, no need to. Yeah. It's just what it, the, the default setting. Okay, gotcha. So it's going back to default. Well, I, I think it could be, I think cave is definitely a possibility for whatever this thing is, this Dover demon is, come from. Um, and I'm only imagining, like you just said earlier, areas littered with caves. It's on top of a giant cave system, yeah, basically, it, right? It, yeah, it, and they don't know if these are all connected. Mm-hmm. They don't know if these are all individualized caves. But they're there. There's tons of them. Yeah. They could be. Ooh. That's not, Massachusetts is not a big state. Right. It's not at all. And I just listed a ton of caverns, and there's more. Mm-hmm. And there's more they don't know about. Oh, I have theories on that, too. What? Ancient mega cities that used to be there that were just buried and turned to mud and stone. Well, a lot of these caves are not very big, as yeah. in openings and the, the cavern to crawl through them. So just uh, enough for, like, a house, like a suburb? I won't even say that. They're like pathways, almost. Mm. Like, like small rivers. So if your house collapsed and you got this much that was left, and then it was turned to stone. I mean, if you want to really make your idea work, you can say whatever you want. Hey, if if the world was flooded and covered, buildings would collapse in certain ways, but could leave cavities underneath. I'll have to look what type of caves these are. If the granite caves are wrong. Okay. They'd have to be sandstone. You don't know the metaphysical processes of a... I do. Superheated sun over an earth that turns it to... Oh, yeah. If it's sun... Okay, that's very off topic. If the sun's overheated like that, what you're saying... <laughs> or flares or something. We wouldn't have know. life. Electromagnetic flares. We wouldn't have life. Not during that time, but no, I... when it recovers from cave... Uh, electromagnetic pulse that would turn it into granite? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't worry. It wouldn't be life. Uh, yeah, we all escaped on some spaceship or something that doesn't okay. exist. Moving on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what do you think about that? The cave adaptations and stuff like that. Do you see like what... I said, a lot of it checks out. Yeah, a lot of it definitely it checks out. It fits. Yeah, so it's definitely in the realm of possibility if that's what's going on with this creature, where it's from, what it's doing, mm-hmm. where it lives. So there's these things, and why it's never been seen yeah. so much time. Well, there's the, the Dover Demon. There's another cryptid that kind of fits the same kind of description that is a lot scarier. I mean, this is like on my top three nope of not wanting to see. Ooh. This is, uh, they call them night crawlers. Okay. Not the worm. Uh, no, not the worm. <laughs> These are giant humanoids that are white, taunt skin, really thin. Not Slenderman-y because they're kind of older than Slender- Slenderman. They've been seen a lot. Some people think they may have started the Wendigo legend. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. With these big, giant black eyes. Okay. Don't they, like, kind of roam through the woods, kind of? They, they've, 
as far as I know, the stories I can think of, they've all been crawling. They really can't hold their self up. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're very humanoid in shape, super long, thin fingers. Yeah. And they kind of walk on all fours. They're always seen around woods. And for some reason, the western or the eastern side of Ohio has had a lot of them. Really? A lot of them. And they think, uh, you know, there might be cave organisms coming up. The famous one was a video taken. Oh, it was on Paranormal. I think it was on Paranormal Fact or... No, which one was it on? Paranormal caught on camera. Hmm. Uh, but it was sent into somebody else's actual show first. Mm-hmm. And they had communications with this person. But uh, this creature had been bugging him for a couple nights in a row. And he talked to his pastor about it and everything. And this thing looks just truly demonic. It's not like what this kind of... It, I wonder if this is what the Dover Demon turns into. Turns into in the future, yeah. Like, is it an adult version of that because uh, it's this thing's like eight or nine foot tall that could stand up all the way yeah it's giant and it's thin and long but it kind of keeps crawling to the guy's yard and peeking into his windows and so he finally he's like he calls his pastor and this thing looks just gnarly big elongated head yeah these demon black eyes but it's like messing with his house and messing with stuff outside every, yeah. every night and so he calls his pastor when it's he sees it and his pastor starts praying and, but the guy was talking through the window, and you could see the thing, and it wasn't bugging the thing. The pastor starts praying, and this thing, like, starts reacting to it and, like, walks backwards the same way it came. Mm-hmm. Like, super weird. Yeah. Like, didn't turn around. Like, walked in reverse. Yeah. Like, it was, like, it was so weird. And that thing's been seen a couple times. Uh, I know even out west it's been seen a couple times, that same kind of entity. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder if this is what an adult... Dover Dover Demon Demon looks like. Interesting. Now, is this thing like, is it like ghost-like in qualities? Does it have any translucence? No, it's just pale white. Creature. It's definitely there. I think I know what you're talking about. I think I've seen these pictures. Maybe even that story you're talking about. It's weird. Almost like a long spindly man kind of Yeah, it's what it looks like. With With a weird shaped head and stuff. Crawling through, yeah. This thing gets, the Dover Demon gets very human-like, but oversized head. Well, most infants... Of any species have an oversized head. Yeah. Of any uh, mammalian species. Okay, yeah, have true. Have an oversized head. Um, have you ever seen, it's like a Jap, I think it's Japanese, or like a Pacific Sea-like monster creature? The ninjin. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it have similar features to that, even? I, I, it depends on which description of the ninjin you're going on. Okay. Because that's just the Japanese word for human. Okay. So you know. But it's in the water, right? Yeah. It's so weird, because they have the same word for like three different things. Yeah. But that ninjin is a giant water whale man. Cause that's it, I'm kind of even getting that description in my head a little bit too. Like, yeah, it's it's very, it's very odd. Mm-hmm. Have so many of these creatures, especially with the with the praying, and it's just kind of like, uh, I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. That's kind of wonder if that's just sending out certain energies. That's just I don't want There's you here, to it. and they can sense it. A lot of these creatures, like cryptids and stuff, seem to be based off of some sort of energy between the human beings that witness them. You know, in their environment, like just some weird energy exchange where if you're scared, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? There's there's definitely something weird to them about that. All of them. It's not like seeing a, a deer outside mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh, cool, like, or something. It's just always something weird involved where it's mm-hmm. hard to explain, like an internal definitely, feeling. There's something going on with the giant cave systems in the U.S. I agree. And, and we had that on the Mammoth Cave System episode. Mm-hmm. We had the little thing on about the, dis- the U.S. disappearances all lining up with, with the U.S. biggest cave openings. Yeah, yeah. And what do these creatures just grab people? Yeah, and take them. Yeah, who's to say? And if they're and if they're of different 
paranormal kind of realms or whatever, if they come from that, maybe the cave allows them to be here, whatever's in the cave, whatever. I don't know. I've but. heard a lot. When we're going to talk about, well, we already kind of mentioned it before, portal areas is an episode coming up mm-hmm. with that maybe that some of these cave systems deep in is the portal area. Mm-hmm. Or deep, you know, on the edge or something like that. There was a movie I saw a couple years ago about these people. They wander into a cave. I don't know if you I wish I could remember the name. Maybe someone listening could help us out when they listen to this. And I don't know, comment on Facebook or something. Who knows? But there was a movie about these people. They go into this cave. And when they're in it, uh, time like passes like crazy outside of the cave. But when they're where they're at, they're in like a little pocket. Time like stopped. So they were in it, and then when they left out of the cave, they were like a thousand years into the future outside of it. So, and like I think one of the people got hurt in there, so they were trying to figure out how to get help, but then they had to figure out how to get back to like where they're from. It was it was kind of interesting and weird, but mm. the fact that it happened in a cave like entrance where just weird and anomalies there's happen. There's a lot in almost all all cultures about cave. Have, all cultures have something weird about caves, like folklore and stuff, mm-hmm. like people coming from them, like. People originating in caves, creatures originating in caves, the underwater rivers and stuff. It's mm-hmm. a whole. It's a whole system. It's a whole world right below us that is full of you. I would say life. You know, just and then, full so of. So bio- the mammoth cave system. Why it's so important is it's ancient. Yeah, it's underneath the Smokies, which are some of the oldest mountains in the world. That's why they're not as big as people don't think they're as impressive anymore because they're not as big as like the Rockies or something. Like yeah, because the Rockies are young. Yeah. The Rockies haven't been wore down by the elements yet. Hmm. The or Smokies. By, or by your angry tirades of punching yeah. Dover demons, knocking down mountains. The Smokies seen dinosaurs. <laughs> the Smokies were on the were at the coastline. That's pretty awesome. I mean, think about that. That's Tyrannosaurus Rex. We used to sit on the base of the Smokies and look at the ocean. That's pretty awesome. Hmm. The Rockies never seen no dinosaurs. No, they're weak. Mm-hmm. They're young punks. <laughs> I heard somebody say that on a little travel blog. Really? Because somebody was dissing the Smokies. Talking crap about mountains. That's so funny. The Smokies are just young, or the Rockies are just young punks. Yeah. You have some respect for the old. The Smokies have seen everything. The elders, yeah. That's hilarious. The Smokies <laughs> seen the ocean that was on top of us. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah, that's Crazy to think about. Just dialing the time machine back. Mm-hmm. We'd probably be underwater right now, right? At some yeah, point. Yeah, we'd be underwater. At certain point in time. we dig up coral all the time in our yeah. old house foundation. When oh, we're nice. Building Big chunks of coral. That's pretty cool. Just tube worms, too. Tube worms. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole episode on worms, I'm sure. There's a lot of weird worms. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think as it as a whole? Dover Demon. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I I think I'm going to agree with you. I think it's a cave system creature that came from. I think there's so much we don't know about the cave systems that there's so much living there that we really can't uh, put our finger on what all exists there because we don't know what's possible. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a good description. It might have coming up, got lost, got trapped up here for a minute. but it, And being that weak or frail looking, probably is not meant to be up here. Things normally that frail and weak don't mm-hmm. live up in the woods around I don't live in the woods. I just put it that way, unless you're really good at hiding. But being a pale, squishy thing with a giant head and black eyes and spindly fingers, you're not going to be that uh, well adept at hiding. I'm just going to assume. So yeah, and I would love just to see you encounter one, so you can punch it in the dust. That's on my bucket list. 
We might have to do an expedition there to search for Doberman just for the sole fact of punching it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what the? There's all kinds of monsters that come from these cave systems. Mm-hmm. Hobson the little goblins, you know, uh, were one of the big ones that came out of a cave. Yep. Uh, which you, which is mentioned in that. All over the U.S. of alien bases being in these caves and government bases being in these caves mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which I could see because it's just it's already there. Right, perfect cover. So I, you don't got to dig or dig, mm-hmm. you know, build or dig nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's already there, and nobody can sense you. I mean, there's ground penetrating radar doesn't go through, you know, 400 feet of granite. It's weak. We need better technology. Yeah. <laughs> radar that will, like, vaporize any person in the 10-mile area. <laughs> but it'll tell you what's down there. <laughs> yeah, worth it for science. It just liquefies sandstone. <laughs> yeah, there's now a big hole in Earth. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's kind of it. This is going to be a fast one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be our first uh, 50 minute episode in a long time. Yeah, but hey, this is a fun one. The Dover Demon. Yep. The stories were pretty laid out for us and everything like that. This is a nice one, a nice easy one for research wise because it's just, it's, you know, it's such a popular story. It just yep. was laid out real easy. And all these little stories play a role in. Yeah, I think this is definitely a good stepping stone for our kind of our cave series we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's not really a series or nothing, but we'll keep coming back to it because there's a lot to do with it, big yeah. and small. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's it, Jay. All right. I've been the mysterious Justin. And I've been the infamous Jay. Together, we are Crypts of the Corn, and we'll catch you next week with, uh, oh, our first ghost story. Oh. All right. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical.